Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode seven. I'm one of your hosts, as always, CK Present, or Colin Colhoven, joined by Eli Downing, a.k.a. Narshredder13, and, of course, Daryl Fuimano, a.k.a. Initiated MR187. God, that is a lot of numbers to get down. I think I nailed it, though. How you guys doing? Doing great. You did doing nail good. the number. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if I butchered the pronunciation of your last name, Daryl, so I apologize if I did. But, you know, <laughs> I attempted. It was spot on. It was pretty good. Yes. Awesome. Well, I thank you guys for joining me again for uh, for another episode of this. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody who's tuning back in from previous listens, or maybe you saw a post on Reddit or something or on a YouTube channel. So thanks for, for joining again. And uh, real quickly, before we kind of get into the run of the show here, I did want to say uh, Trophy Talk is a bi-weekly podcast. It's posted primarily to SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash CKPresent. Um, I am looking into getting the podcast onto iTunes. I know a couple of people have been inquiring about that. The goal is to try to get that figured out this weekend, and then all subsequent episodes will go onto both platforms, including the backlog. So it's an ambitious goal, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. And yeah, it is a bi-weekly podcast. So if you're wondering, you know, why haven't you seen an episode in a week or so, it's, it's for that reason. I think um, the nature of what we're doing kind of lends itself to more time in between episodes. But if there comes a time when it makes sense to do them weekly, we can explore that as it comes up. You guys have anything you want to add onto that? Uh, sounds like uh, now is not the time for us to go weekly, unfortunately. Right. We're all jumping into some big games. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about it, to be honest. But we'll talk about it when we get there. Awesome. So I'd love to do it weekly. Yeah, weekly would be great. I agree. So last time we kind of talked about what we were going to be playing next. And we posted it onto the information on the track on SoundCloud as well. But I wanted to kick it over to you, Eli, because you uh, had said you were going to be tackling hellblade so can you talk to us a bit about how that went yeah hellblade was uh it was a very interesting and enjoyable experience for me the one the one scary part though right when i started they they introduced a permadeath system right after like a seemingly impossible fight wow. and so i was starting to freak out and i started like saving on a flash drive <laughs> a bunch, like i started dying a couple times so i was like ah, i'm gonna save onto this just in case you never know so wait they teased but, uh, that it was going to be permadeath and then it wasn't is that what you're saying yeah you like died and then there was like a big message on the screen in front of the door you're supposed to go through like so there's like this rot kind of growing up your arm and it's like when the rot reaches your brain permadeath oh my god and i was like oh yikes so every time you die <laughs> the rot would grow up your arm and that continued uh, for like the whole game too that's crazy yeah I'm not sure how much it really held true. Mm. Uh, I felt like I caught on to some things, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know for sure. But it definitely scared me right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, with that whole r fight at the beginning, you know, the, co the combat was pretty fine. It was pretty simple. But I struggled a lot again after such a long time in Bloodborne. Right. I I caught myself hitting all the wrong buttons. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think R one was block or something. And I uh, I don't. Ugh. It's been a little while now, but yeah, it was rough at first. But it was a pretty well balanced combat system, which was cool. 
it is considered a, a hack and slash, I believe. Okay. But I would not call it that. It had some fun combat, but definitely not a hack and slash. Yeah, that's not what I remember hearing about the game necessarily, like when it came out. I thought it was more of a kind of like cerebral like adventure game or something. I don't know if that makes sense. But the combat I never thought was like the primary focus of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely was not. It was it was very immersive, as they would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no like UI at all. There's no healing. So that was another part with the, like the permadeath. You did heal after like a fight. You kind of like your screen would, uh, the colors would go back to normal if you lost some life. But yeah, and your only your only guidance was the voices in your head. I loved it. I, it was really great. Like hearing those battles in your head. Um, you know, it is about a girl with psychosis. Um, and they got all kinds of mental health doctors and experts in mm-hmm. to make it as realistic as possible. Um, it's pretty cool. But by the you know, it was a very, I think it was a very relatable story. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I've been known to have my own set of problems. <laughs> maybe I have psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think many people could like benefit from such a profound story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, felt like battling inner demons and it was really. It's great. I would recommend it to anybody. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, know like that was one of the big takeaways, right, when the game came out where people were kind of saying that like, yeah, this actually has a pretty decent story that touches on some of these things that a lot of games don't portray as well normally. So yeah, I, I'm curious to play it for sure. I mean, especially after looking at the trophy list, it sounds like you really enjoyed it. So I, I'm definitely going to kind of look into it in the future. Yeah, it didn't feel like like the the talk about it is like this mental health thing, but like I really didn't see it as that as much. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, it's because you know the way a lot of it was uh like a lot of it was audio, so you kind of need a headset to play it. I think. I mean, I guess you could play it without it, but it would your your uh your experience would severely be lacking. But like, yeah, I don't think it was like that. It wasn't like that. Like crazy i think a lot of people experience stuff like that okay like they do and like she does in the game so it wasn't like too on the nose it was like it was it sounds like it was there but it wasn't like in your way enough to be the focus of the story if that makes sense yeah it's just you know like self-doubt and like her talking to herself but it's these voices you know like oh you shouldn't go in there you're not gonna make it oh mm-hmm. she's gonna do it oh you should do it and they're like kind of <laughs> like that type of thing right but yeah, what you mentioned when this game came out, and uh, I think it did not get the praise it deserved. I know a lot of people uh, like recognize it now, but I guess they didn't. Uh, they didn't have like an embargo for pre-release games, mm-hmm. and so people just started rushing out reviews. And like, people were like, "Oh yeah, it takes like twenty hours," and like, it does. It's like eight-hour games. Like, <laughs> people were just making up reviews, then like, you know spewing out content just so they could get it out there. And uh, I think someone had a game-breaking glitch that got out there, uh, unfortunately. If that could have gotten fixed, if it was, you know, they had the pre-release going. So, yeah, I think it suffered from that. If you didn't hear about it, I think, you know, it take a, it took a beating in the beginning. Um, but it was, you know, very well-made game for, like, what is that, like around 20 people at Ninja Theory, you know. It's, I it can play in the AAA space in my book. How much was it when you bought it? Because I'd be curious yeah, if they like released it. Bucks. Oh wow, okay. 
Yeah, it's a good deal. For sure. How much was that? that? Was 15. 15? More than I would normally spend. <laughs> She's like nothing. I that's how... That shows how excited I was to play it. <laughs> yeah, it also makes a lot more sense when you look at the list of games you've been playing the last couple weeks, too. You know, mm-hmm. Un- under 15 bucks for, for sure <laughs> for, for some mm-hmm. of these guys. Um, yeah, what did you think of the trophy list overall? How was like the platinum hunt for it then? Uh, the, yeah, the, <clears throat> the, the, the hunt was pretty simple. Okay. Um, there's no missable, well, there is, so there's one missable trophy, which is the collectible. Other than that, it's all story-related stuff. So it's very you can stay pretty focused on the story, which I like. Okay. Um, but so in between, there's some puzzle-type stuff. And so it was a little stressful trying to make sure I got the lore stones uh, without going too far in the puzzles and stuff. So um, if you don't mind playing it twice, I would recommend just doing that but mm-hmm. i did use a guide when i needed it for the lore stones because i i was not playing it again i didn't have the time yeah but um if you can go through it without it it'd be good um they weren't all that hidden uh and they and when you do play another playthrough they all carry over oh that's nice um but you still have to like if you miss the last one you still have to play through the whole game again to get the last one yeah you can't like chapter select it you're right. Oh man, that's cool though. Is, are, but it is would the... tell you you missed the last one. Okay, and is is it still like in the game world then? You know how like if you sometimes pick up a collectible and then you die or whatever, and you like redo the mission, the collectible is not there anymore. Are, are they there, and you just have to remember like which ones you've already gotten, or are they do they disappear? If you play it again. Uh, they would still be there. So I don't okay. know with the second playthrough, but I would assume so. There's like, it's like a obelisk it's mm-hmm. a lore stone and uh there's like a circle in the middle and as you focus on it uh out the ring comes around with all the collectibles in the ring and the and the middle of that circle has the rune mm. that you're you're focusing on and then it tells you a little story oh. um which i think alludes to the second game yeah, so they, then the the middle circle turns blue instead of red. So when you go through it, you would be able to see that it was already blue. I see. And then also the outer ring has a has a counter of all of them, and then those turn red and blue according to what you've collected. Oh, okay, that's cool. You get a nice little indicator yeah. every time. Yep. That's awesome. And no bronze trophies in this game too. I like to see that. Would it, mm-hmm. The distribution's a little funky. I mean, I'm I'm pretty stoked for you because obviously you got the trophies in it, but I'm like, damn, dude, nine gold fucking trophies in this thing out of only fifteen total. That's mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty yeah, it's ridiculous. Like one of these, it's like one of those like easy ones, you know, those yeah, they're all just chock full of golds. Yeah, but it's at at least yeah. on PSN, it's at forty, like basically forty one percent complete or uh platinum attainment but you know yeah that's funny i wanted to touch on that actually because that's what the game is 40.8 percent uh for the final battle Mm -hmm. on the trophy list and the lore stones are 8.1 damn so yeah that many people i just thought that was an interesting statistic that only you know what is that 
a quarter of the people that finished the game got the platinum. Yeah. Took the time to get the lore stones. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it sounds like they weren't even really that crazy or hard to get, so... I don't know, that kind of shows you how much people really care about and look at collectibles, I think, on, like, a casual playthrough, right? It's it's odd that... Well, I guess it's not odd, but I find it interesting. Most of the collectible trophies in games are, like, the most rare, even more than, like, the hardest boss. Sure, totally. And, I mean, yeah. we'll get to it a bit later with Control, but some collectibles are, like, very dense in story material as well. I mean, sometimes you're just finding, like, an object, right? But if it's a game where the collectible adds to the story. I think of like audio logs in Bioshock, for example, you're kind of, at least for me, I'm interested in finding them just purely to like learn more about the story. And a lot of people are just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run by everything. It's like, Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm right in the middle there. Yeah. I, I run by it, pick it up and go, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I grabbed it. So <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah, um, I thought those those lore stones also. I watched the preview for the second one again, mm-hmm. uh, and the way the first one ended for me, uh, story wise, seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of room for that. But mm-hmm. all the lore stones in it um, kind of give you some North mythology, and they they kind of centered around Ragnarok and the final battle and stuff. So. And based on the preview of the second one, yeah, that, that kind of looks like it's called Senua's Saga. So we will see. I yeah, don't know, it feels like I think that game should stand alone by itself, but maybe maybe she's journeying to Valhalla. So yeah, it's possible. I I have no clue, having not played the first. I, but I do obviously it's a Xbox exclusive, so it's kind of a bummer. Um, Microsoft bought yeah. Ninja Theory as a first party studio within the last like year, I think so. Or maybe it's a little more than that at this point, but yeah, it's not going to be coming to PlayStation, uh, but you have a Xbox one, so you'll be able to play it. I think it's going to be one of those, like comes out on like the new consoles and the old one. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. We'll see. It'll, m- most games do it. It'll probably get a lot bigger and be like, I don't want to want to do that for 40 hours. Oh my God. I know. dude. Well, Instead of 10. I was actually really excited to, to hear this and Daryl, you'll probably be stoked as well. Like, Assassin's Creed, um, what is it called? Valhalla? Yeah, or Ragnarok. I'm all confused now because there's too many of these Norse <laughs> mythology games, but the new Assassin's Creed, um, the director has come out and said that it's going to be significantly smaller than the last one was, which is like so awesome. I know a lot of people were upset about it, but Odyssey was too big, man. That game was like 150 hours to platinum or something, and yeah, I don't know. I, I personally, that's why I stopped playing it. I bought it day one like an idiot. <laughs> played for like 20 hours so i have trophy progress and then was like i don't think i can do it so i heard the same thing about that um the world being significantly smaller than odyssey i think it was mm-hmm. and um i mean i love the scale of the assassin's creed worlds that's like what kind of like got me into those games just being able to traverse the whole world and that's never been a really big problem for me mm-hmm. so i'm interested to see how that'll affect what i think about hollow in terms of the the scale of the world now yeah well you got the platinum in unity and in syndicate right so how did you feel about because i played unity like was that world big enough for you or too small or what were you thinking like compared to that 
I think the world in Unity was great. I okay. think um, the detail was like on point during the French Revolution. And um, I mean, of course, it had like its bugs and glitches right off the bat. And I, that's what kind of turned a lot of people away from playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Mm-hmm. But I think the scale of the world was great. I definitely enjoyed exploring France during that time and London. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they go about with Valhalla. I don't think they can necessarily go big anyways because well, it depends on where they're going with that story. But, yeah. You no, know, I think the Vikings did a lot of raids. So it'll be interesting to see where the Vikings go to in the first place because I think a lot of their, their campaigns like took place in Europe. So yeah. We'll we'll see how they go with that. Yeah, I think thus far we know it's going to take place in England. I think it's in like the ninth century or something. But it'll be interesting, like how big and how how much they let you explore in terms of like sea exploration. Because you know, Black Flag, for example, so many different islands, and you're in a in a pretty big part of the Caribbean. And uh, in Odyssey, you could go at different peninsulas and different areas surrounding like ancient Greece and over towards ancient Rome. So I don't know if it's going to be all be England and like, you know, then you could include like maybe even Northern Ireland and like, you know, Scotland, all that kind of stuff. Or if it might even, who knows, they might even tease us a bit and throw something with like Iceland or Greenland in there too. Right. Um, they could really go a lot of ways with it. Could be the whole world. Oh God. Vikings take over the whole world. If it's the whole world. I'm not even. I'm... The seven seas. <laughs> <laughs> someone's gonna try to make that game at some point and good luck oh my gosh yeah so before we get like too far away from what what else you've been playing eli i know you played a couple small games as well do you want to talk to us about what those were yeah i played iron snout what the f- which <laughs> yeah <laughs> this game was so fun iron snout interesting so much, dude. i'm currently looking up I'm- some pictures so hold on I put a video up on my YouTube. Oh, nice! Uh, you can watch watch that. Go ahead and plug your YouTube yeah, real quick. A, plug your YouTube, dude. It's a, oh yeah, Eli Downing on YouTube. I uh, I've talked about this before. I can't change my name. Uh, I haven't figured it out yet how to make my <laughs> nickname not send not send as my email name. So yeah, right now Eli Downing. There you uh, go. Some Bloodborne videos and uh, now I got some control videos. Um, and this iron snout, I had to put it up, dude. It was so fun. It's just a senseless slaughter of wolves. Interesting. Karate chopping, karate chopping pig. Um, <laughs> I'm not one for like going for high scores, like kind of like we talked about with uh, what was that, Twin Breaker? But for once, this game got me. Is fun. I had to grind out a thousand kills for the platinum, and I enjoyed every every second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it looks uh, like it's a 2 out of 10 and should only take roughly an hour. Is that pretty accurate, or did it take you a little longer than that? This one was a little less than an hour, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was mostly, most of it is obtained through natural play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, very button mashy, so most things will end up happening. Like, you have to kick a rocket out of the air and bit, kick a wolf's head, like, twice or something, <laughs> and then get it impaled on a tree. Messed up, man. So, like... That that would most likely happen uh, anyways um, with having to get a 1,000 kills. And then there was one trophy for killing 10 enemies in the 1 HP mode, sudden death mode. And it did seem to get a lot easier as you unlock the new levels. 
there was no like upgrade system or anything but like when you unlocked a new background basically is all it was um it seemed like it was built to kind of help you grind out those kills because like the first one my highest was like 50 something kills granted i was learning the game mm -hmm. but by the third level i think just the nature of the enemies and the way they came in um i, I was getting around 100 kills Oh wow! I was okay. kind of bummed. The one I recorded, the one I recorded was for the platinum, and unfortunately, it wasn't a hundred. The one right before it was, though. But <laughs> yeah, I could get around it every time. And ah, oh, man, I don't know. It's just so much fun playing like an actual one of these cheaper games that was like, like this was my favorite one so far. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Like I'm, I I noticed you've been doing it more like with the games that you play, and I've kind of started to do it where it's like you do a quick palate cleanser after you do a bigger game almost. So before you jump into like another like 20, 30, 40, whatever hour experience, it's like play something that's like an hour or two and like pretty just chill, you know, so you can kind of just like relax. And I've, I've definitely been doing that more. Um, I know you do it as well. I think it's a good idea. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to transition not worry about trophies for you know a couple days or whatever yep um what, uh, what about the other one you played this is probably the worst one i've played <laughs> oh interesting Neon junctions mm. i was really disappointed it almost felt like it wasn't even designed for the playstation 4 really the movement was just atrocious Ugh. um it, it was a puzzle game i i was pretty excited for it because i wanted to try something new after the witness um because that was it was a pretty enjoyable experience although i cheated through most of it not gonna lie <laughs> but, um, <laughs> same here oh yeah. my and gosh then, uh, my brother uh has a hundred percent of it which is more than the trophies actually there's more to the hundred percent of that game mm -hmm. but he did that like three or four times i think now a couple on pc a couple on xbox and then he helped me and showed me more of it and like if you're into puzzle games that game was just like that's the one that's the go-to yeah I mean, there's so much to that world and it's so in-depth and uh this was not that it was the complete opposite it was terrible the, <laughs> yeah i couldn't move around i had i changed the sensitivity lit a bit because the left and right was super slow and the y was just normal i guess okay. um and the jumping, there was jumping in it. This game could have totally done without platforming. I mean, it did make the puzzles a little more intricate, but like you couldn't jump. You had it was like super counterintuitive to normal gameplay. Like you had to like jump and then push forward or something. Like the way it registered the jump was terrible. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. And uh, yeah, then there was like some elevators, so you had to like you had to complete circuits to open up the gate to the next uh, level with these cubes. So you would like grab cubes, you could store them, and then you would have to complete the circuits path with those cubes. Mm -hmm. So there was like breaks in it, and you had to like use cubes to bridge that gap. It was hard to even pick up the cubes because <laughs> I couldn't aim at it properly. Oh man! But yeah, having to falling off stuff and then having to redo the section because these shitty elevators was i was painful but it was only one playthrough i'm glad i got to try another kind of puzzle game mm -hmm. um yeah it was nothing like the other ones i like he was really fun too but it was i do not recommend this game 
All right. Well, it is only a 1 out of 10 on difficulty. You do get 11 gold trophies in addition to your platinum. So if you want a quick trophy, though, I'd say it's or quick platinum is still probably a decent yeah. one to go for. But yeah, in terms of like, if you want to enjoy your platinum experience, maybe sounds like not so much. <laughs> yeah, I had to use a guide for a couple levels, too. And like, if you got it, you could probably get it done way faster. And... Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Bad experience. The best and the worst of your sort of smaller game experiences during the same couple week period. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, I know you've been playing a bit of a game called Perils of Baking as well. I'm going to leave that for a bit because I recently started playing it too, and we'll talk about it a bit later together. Um, but Daryl, you've been playing, or have finished, I should say, uh, Darksiders, right? Why don't you talk to us a bit about how that whole experience went? Looks like this is a 4 out of 10 difficulty about 30 hours uh, according to psn so what did you think of the platinum hunt here uh the the platinum hunt was fun definitely enjoy this game this is my second go around with it mm. i played it on the xbox 360 and i i got all the achievements and so going into into this one i kind of knew what to expect from the trophy list and i had a blast with it Definitely a game that's um, not currently uh, well-known in mm -hmm. the community. I think it should definitely get a lot more attention. Right now, the Platinum stands at 3.7. Mm -hmm. so it, it's definitely got its way around the, the gaming community for sure. Um, Platinum-wise, it took me about 22 hours to get. So less than was stated on PlayStation profiles. Okay. I think... Uh, why that is is just because the apocalyptic difficulty, which isn't too bad, it definitely has some parts in the game that were kind of uh, preventing me from progressing. But 22 hours was what it took for me to get the platinum. Damn, that's there pretty fast. Are... Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I had to go around with it already, so mm -hmm. I kind of knew what to expect. But um, yeah, it. it it was 20 hours well, well invested into this game outside of a few trophies that I did not enjoy getting. <laughs> Which ones were those? Uh, yeah, so some of the trophies that I had trouble going for, I already knew off, off the bat that they were going to give me some trouble, was just beating the game on Apocalyptic. And you had to ride for 100 miles so two three hours into the game i was just riding that's it <laughs> that was such a boring trophy oh my gosh yeah that is annoying i probably could just cheat it and just like rubber band my controller and just have it riding in circles but i don't know i, I just feel it more satisfying to see that trophy pop compared to just walking away and having that truck that trophy pop in the background yeah i get like, you why did all that work for nothing and didn't even get to experience the trophy popping and it's annoying that uh, you wouldn't get that just through normal play it sounds like either so you have to like yeah. grind it out yeah you don't get the horse that you ride until like halfway through the game so yeah you, you're gonna have to like make up that time just by riding uh let's see ride for 100 miles you had to upgrade all your weapons and buy all the combat moves. So some of the weapons you don't really necessarily use a whole lot. So 
towards the end of the game had a farm for the, the XP for some of my weapons that I really used. Yeah. That's and, a uh, bit annoying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And this one trophy that I did not like because I had a lot of trouble with it on the Xbox. And it's called Aerial Predator. Right now it's at 4.7. And I'm even surprised that it's that high because <laughs> definitely a hard one to get for sure. You have to kill 160 enemies while on the Angelic Beast. And it, it sounds easy, but playing through it, it's definitely a lot more challenging because there's a sequence in the game where you ride this angelic beast and then you basically just have to shoot a bunch of enemies while you're on the sequence and uh it's pretty hard it's almost like playing star fox with so many enemies on the screen it's just kind of hard to lock on and shoot enemies uh, i definitely had a lot tougher time with this one compared to the xbox for sure do you have to do it in like one go or can you replay that section um so on my second playthrough um, I gambled. I thought I could do it. Yeah. And um, I failed. So <laughs> I tried to restart that whole thing, and then I wasn't able to. So I was probably like an hour and a half into the game. Oh, my God. I, I could not go back. So I definitely had to start over again. And once I got to that point, I made sure to do a backup save. And um, even then, I still had to do maybe like five or six times just to get the trophy finally. So annoying. Yeah, so sure. in the beginning of the game, the first, the first hour and a half. Yeah, it's towards okay. the beginning, but um, yeah, I think I got to that part after playing like maybe an hour and a half or so. Yeah, I mean, looking at the PSN guide, it even calls that out as the hardest trophy in the game. It, it's not a fun trophy to get, and if you are a trophy hunter, I would definitely uh go into that game knowing that that's going to be probably your hardest trophy to get yeah and what get about to make those a other missable trophies yeah there's like, like uh, defeat more angels than uh Ulfane. yeah that How, one how's that almost kind of a nail biter at the beginning i didn't remember mm -hmm. that whole thing too much but you're you're basically going heads up with the guy um by the name of Ulfane. And you have to take out a bunch of angels. And uh, at the beginning, it was very tough because we're kind of just hacking and slashing angels. And he, he was getting the upper hand at one point. I was thinking, uh, there's no way I'm going to beat him because I think I was like eight and he was already at 15. He had a pretty good lead on me. But it wasn't too bad because at some point in the sequence, you get access to one of the angels' uh, like heavy weapon. Mm. So basically, you can just shoot angels like without no problem. And once I got that, I was easily able to uh, take the lead over him. It got to a point where I was even shooting the angels he was going. So <laughs> trying to poke him, weakening. Yeah, he was weakening <laughs> angels, and I just shot him with the final shot. So that one was fun. Um, definitely a nail biter, just because I'm like I'm not gonna be able to get this, so I'm gonna have to replay it again. Yeah, it looks like there's yeah, like. Five miss yeah, it looks five missable trophies, six of them that are like collectible based, five of them that are pretty grindy, it sounds like. So I mean by no means like is this an easier plat. Like I think it's you know sounds like it's it's pretty decent. So good job on I getting was it. Able, yeah, for sure. I was able to get like 
50 of them on my first playthrough, and then I had to pop up the rest on very short second playthrough. Okay. Yeah, how does that... Do all the miss, Are the missable trophies scattered throughout? Like this other one, open-air parking, destroy a helicopter during the apocalypse with a vehicle is missable? That sounds like Endgame to me. Yeah, it does. Uh, that one's actually at the very beginning, right oh. when the apocalypse takes place. Oh, easy. Never nice. Yeah. So are the, are the other are a lot of these missables in the beginning of the game, or are they more of them scattered throughout? They're scattered throughout. Like the collectibles, yeah, that that's something that's scattered throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, one was the improvised kills, killing 150 enemies, and that one came with natural gameplay, but I heard online when I was trying to acquire this trophy is that you can possibly run out of environmental objects to use. Oh, wow. Um, I couldn't confirm, but um, right when I kind of read that post, I just started going after the, those environmental kills right off the bat. Yeah, that's one of those things where it seems like definitely reading the list ahead of time <laughs> is good to do because yeah, like I would read that as well, and then be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna like focus on these until the trophy pops, and then not worry about it anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I my biggest gripe with the game, and uh, it really didn't hit me until I was going for some of these trophies in this particular game, mm-hmm. was the amount of backtracking I had to do for collectibles, and it this game kind of follows the same formula some of the other games that I've seen, like God of War, where parts of the map aren't accessible to you. Yeah. You've picked up a new piece of gear that you might have gotten from maybe like a boss fight or someplace else in the game. And having to go back to those areas in the game and using those pieces of equipment is these levels are they're beautiful. They're beautifully designed, but they're easily forgotten once I've I'm past that area and then having to go back and try to find where the collectibles were or where some of these hidden objects were. Mm-hmm. It was hard. The, yeah. The world became a maze at that point for me. And I I was getting so frustrated trying to find some of these things. Yeah, that sounds like a, a bit of a bummer. It's kind of like I guess with Bloodborne, the reason I like that sometimes those games are so difficult, the Soulsborne games, is by dying going through an area like fifty times, for example, like that you're gonna have that memorized so even if you come back later to that area you're like i've done this like (laughs) you know i had to do this like one part so many times i know exactly where to go i know where all the shortcuts are so if it's like i'm not saying the game was easy obviously you're doing a hard difficulty but um you know if it's something you're not spending as much time in when you go back to it it's gonna be hard to remember like you're saying yeah it was like um resident evil Mm -hmm. let's play those games like six seven times and and I knew where to go, where everything was. So I kind of like comparing that to this game where you're basically going from point A to point Z. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, how do I get back to point H? You know, <laughs> it was like, it was, it was irritating at times, but overall the game was great. I definitely had a good time with this game. Um, I would definitely recommend this game to a lot of people. Because the story does not end there. There's three other games, and they all focus on different horsemen. And um, it's a great game. I liked it. You're going for the second one, right? I, th- I think I saw you started to play that. 
Yeah, I played a little bit of Darksiders 2. This one focuses on death. Okay. Or his brother. So death is basically trying to right the wrong. So in Darksiders, the story focuses on war. Is accused of causing the apocalypse early and ultimately causing mankind's destruction. Oh, wow. So, Very cheery story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the war sets off on the quest to clear his name and those responsible for the apocalypse to justice. And Death, um, his story kind of overlaps with Darksider 1 because he's also trying to prove his brother's innocence, but he's also trying to find a way to bring humanity back to redeem his brother. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know oh, yeah. they'd given the third one as like a free game on PS Plus. I guess that was probably six months ago at this point. So I considered like starting it, but I've, I haven't played the first one at all. The second one, I, I think I rented when I was in high school for, for like a day or two and played it on 360 a little bit. And then that was pretty much it. So I'd have to probably start with the first one. Um, oh, yeah. They sell it as a bundle now? Or how did you did you buy it separately or what did you what did you do? So that, that was kind of like the reason that influenced my, my decision to get back into the game was when Darksiders 3 was for free on yeah. PS Plus. I was looking for deals, and I think there was a bundle that sold all three together. Mm. But because I already had the third one, I didn't want to pay for a game that I wasn't going to play. Right. And then uh, I believe um, it eventually came out with a bundle just with the t- first two games, and that was the one that I picked up. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Great game. Yeah, that sounds really cool. What do you think, Eli? Would you ever try out the franchise? I really want to try them. Um, Looks like right up your alley in terms are. of art style and stuff, you know? Yeah, art style and gameplay. Besides that, the most lame mechanic in a game is Metroidvania. <laughs> I don't even. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, I don't want to get into that right now. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the other issue is I bought them for so cheap on a sale. I got Darksiders 1 for like $1.99. What? And I got Darksiders 2 for like $2.99. So I'm trying to uh, play what I invested most in first. So It's a good philosophy yeah. to get through your backlog. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. At least, at least like the higher up one. Then I'll start dabbling around down there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't, like. I said, I do want to get to it, but I think it'll be quite a while. <laughs> I think we all have backlogs that are pretty full, so um, I don't know. There's just not enough time. It's not possible, especially if like it sounds like, and we'll get into it in a little bit. But it sounds like we're all going to be playing sort of like forty-hour, fifty-hour games for our next uh, next platinum hunts. So <laughs> you can't really do too many of those at the same time, you know. Yep. Cool. Well, did you uh, get some progress, or do you want to talk about anything else, Daryl, or should we? You want to keep moving on with the, with other games um, we've been playing? Uh, just a little bit more on Darksiders too. Yeah. Um, difficulty wise, this one's a lot more tougher than the first one for sure. Mm. Um, trophies aren't popping as frequently as I thought they would. Seems like this game is being stretched out just a little bit longer than the first one. Um, yeah. Right now, I got like. Four percent, and I'm already like three hours in. Oh, and I feel like I have not made a dent in the story because I'm still in the same area, um, like a week ago. So yeah, I mean, even the fact that I've only played maybe like thirty minutes a day, but 
like this story is a little bit longer so definitely excited to jump into it it looks uh, like it is i mean according to psn again caveat and you have to say it's with a grain of salt it says it is a five out of ten two playthroughs rather than one for the first game and 45 hours so a bit longer than the first game too you got your work cut out for you oh yeah for sure just because i'm curious i'm gonna look at what the third one is too just to kind of compare I, I would be surprised if the the first game wasn't the easiest you know okay so five out of ten for the third one two playthroughs 40 hours so sounds like in terms of easiest the first one the hardest one is the second and the third one's like right in the middle Ooh. So. And yeah. on this game, they called Apocalyptic is not the hardest difficulty as it was on Darksiders 1. It's actually medium difficulty choice. What? This one. Yeah. It's the definitive difficulty, which is the hardest one, I believe. What the shit? Do you have to play yes. that for a trophy or no? Yep. It is trophy related. So, <gasps> you guys know me best. I had to jump in right away and. I got that playthrough on the hardest difficulty, so God it's damn. definitely giving me uh, a challenge, but I have accepted it, and we'll see <laughs> if I can get the platinum. I yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, we all know that you do that for most of the games you play, is to uh, you know put it on the hardest difficulty. I think like for a trophy related like discussion though, my opinion would be like put a trophy on like maybe the second hardest difficulty, but putting one on like the hardest one is just you know, I'm sympathetic to people that maybe just, like, don't have the skill to do it, you know? It's like, they can get everything else in the game, but, like, that last thing is um, is preventing them from doing it. But, I don't know. At the same time, it's like, if they're going to offer it, they want, they need an incentive for people to play through it. So, I get it. Yeah, I'm not sure they need to incentivize people to play through on that, though. Like, <laughs> because if you want the challenge, you can go for the challenge. And like, as kind of, we discussed before games are normally built to be played on normal difficulty. Right. And like things can get pretty gray up in those higher difficulties where it's just super unfair. Right. So like, I think you have to really be honest with your development of the game. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, is this worth a trophy? Did we toss this together? Should we think we should put a trophy on this? Yeah. Or is this just like, <laughs> let's see if anybody can actually do this right. kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah, I think like having cosmetic rewards for beating like the hardest difficulty, like you get a new skin for the main character, or maybe you get like a different, like, you know, secret ending or something. Like that kind of stuff is cool. Um, or a theme. Yeah, or like a theme. But totally. I mean, even um, it's weird, like with Halo, for example, even the developers have come out and said that heroic is the like intended difficulty so what is the point of calling normal normal then like i just don't i don't know it's very strange like there's an easy normal heroic and legendary and they're basically saying that you should play on the you know the hard difficulty that's the intended mm. experience um interesting yeah so it yeah very strange but i don't know yeah. i think i'm I'm more in your camp eli too where now i kind of prefer games that either don't have difficulty-related trophies or even better, just don't even have difficulty settings in the game. Like, there's just the yeah. one, that's how you play it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially after, like, Bloodborne kind of got me way more into that, too, because it's like, mm -hmm. like, I don't mind playing a difficult game, but don't make me struggle. Like, if it was, like, Bloodborne, you struggle on it like you'd normally do, and they're like, oh, hey, wait, here's this other difficult. It's even harder. It's like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excuse <No>. me? <laughs> <laughs> thank you 
Daryl, for um, Resident Evil 7, did you play that on Madhouse right off the bat? I can't remember. Uh, Madhouse, you don't unlock until you've beaten the game the first time. Oh, that's I right. I definitely did jump into it right after. Okay. Um, but I think I did play probably the hardest difficulty that was available. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember, but hopefully didn't do easy. Uh, it's too easy for me. So, yeah, I think it was like the next level underneath uh Madhouse. Okay. Probably veteran. Even that one or was something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, saw that difficulties Go ahead. Yeah, it's always been a thing for me to just play the games like that. I don't know why. I think games back then for me were a little too easy and uh, I just wanted the challenge. So, it's kind of like the mindset I go with a lot of these games and it's a benefit, but then it's also like a detriment to how I play my games. Because like benefit, mm -hmm. I can say that I beat these games so hard. Like give me God of War. Yeah, I can say I beat it. Too bad there's no trophy or any incentive <laughs> that comes with it. Yeah, but like some of these other tougher games. It's like, dude, I really don't want to be playing these games for this long. I got a backlog I want to get to. It's mm -hmm. like, but uh, just stick with it. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I can say I attempted it, which that's kind of like my motivation behind picking some of those difficulty games or those difficulty modes. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I did Halo campaigns on Legendary. That's probably like my best like hard game achievement it would be to do solo Legendary for all those. Fuck Halo 2, by the way, if anyone cares. That game is ridiculous <laughs> on Legendary. I so I was playing the PC release of it uh, like a week ago, and uh, I don't know if you guys are too familiar with those games, but there's like the enemies get sniper rifles um, in the second one, and dude, you get headshot like instant killed if you peek out for half a second. And this one fucking enemy, I was I was zooming in on him. He wasn't even looking at me. Okay, and then I do a jump away shot at him, and he like one eighties and headshots me before I can get my fucking bullet yeah. off. <laughs> so, no scope. Yeah, by, I was like, wow, this yeah, this guy like needs to sign with Phase Clan or something, dude. I don't know what's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Oh, um, oh, cool. Well, I guess to pivot a bit, like uh, Eli, you and I have been playing a game that doesn't have any difficulty related trophies and actually you can't even change the difficulty on it at all and that's control um so this is a a game that was made by the same company that brought you like alan wake and quantum break um i think they did the max Payne trilogy back on playstation 2 and 3 uh so yeah they've they've had some good games come out over the years uh, but this is basically focusing on the story of jesse faden she's looking for her brother and goes to find him in a building in New York called the Federal Bureau of Control. And from there, the game kind of goes all over the place, but it's essentially like a third-person action um, paranormal game, I guess is like probably the best way I would describe it. It's a little bit of like X-Files mixed with like Twin Peaks. So, yeah, really cool, though. What's I, Twin I, Peaks? What's up? What's Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks is like this old show from the 90s that was like a detective drama set in this like really small town on the northwest of the u.s but the thing was like there'd be like weird dream sequences and like trippy music and it was like you never knew if it was real or if it wasn't or like if there was like some other paranormal stuff going on 
And this game okay. kind of does the same thing where it's like you don't really know exactly what's happening. Like I'd be curious, Eli, if you even like I couldn't really follow the story after a certain point. Like basically after like seven out of ten chapters were done, the end of the game made almost no sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh I did the story was I really liked it mm -hmm. at first. You know, like it really grabbed me such a like a you know abstract kind of story. But yeah, um the uh by the end of it it was just like it got really weird. The last chapter was also kind of a bummer. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was. I, I like the story. It was good. It was. It did get a little difficult to follow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but it was I, good. It was. It makes you think. It really makes your mind, your mind, get involved as well. Sure. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm not. I don't. I did like the story. I just think it kind of got a little away from itself towards the end. Um, it was really intriguing. Like things were kind of building pretty slowly for the first, you know, two thirds of the game, something like that. And then they. Uh, yeah, I really think they just kind of messed up. They didn't stick the landing. But even with that being said, it's it's really cool. I haven't played a game like it before, which is something you can't say very often with video games. The level design, it, it kind of all takes place in this giant office building. And so it's a mix of sort of like mundane settings, like a cubicle farm. But then suddenly the walls can like change, shift and expand and like things are levitating and like the lighting gets really weird. It's kind of tough to explain. There's like voices all around you too. It sounds like a little bit like Hellblade, but overall very trippy experience. It won game of the year for 2019. So I picked it up when it was on sale over the holidays last year and I've uh, been waiting to get around to it. I paid 30 bucks for it. I think that was pretty, pretty good money. Well spent. Um, I wouldn't have been disappointed had I bought this for 60, uh, especially if this is like your type of game. But before I kind of get into the trophies, I would say that the game does not run well on a base PS4. Now, it wasn't unplayable, but it certainly got to points in the combat. There's just too much stuff on the screen for the base PS4 to handle. And it kind of chugs along. There's some frame rate drops. The loading times are pretty long, especially when you're like loading into the game initially. And yeah, I, I know from people having played it on PS4 Pro that it's a better experience there. So if you're at all concerned about that, you know, just keep in mind that this game is not um, not going to run great on your base PS4. Um, no, and at the worst times as well. Yeah, frantic combat. It's always, <laughs> yeah, it's always when you're like dying. It's like this is this is when I need you the most, PlayStation. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, for all sure. Particle effects going on. You know, the screen's turning a different color. Mm -hmm. I'm spamming dodge, mm -hmm. and then like. My PlayStation, wait, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to stop for a second. I need a break. I need a break. <laughs> yeah, it'll come back from lagging, and then you'll be dead, basically. Um, yeah, good luck not dying. Yeah. But the trophy list, I thought, was really awesome as well. So, like, as far as, like, a game that you're pairing, a good game to play, like, fun to play, a good story, innovative, and a good trophy list, like, this is a pretty good combination. I'd say it's, like, one of the more fun trophy hunts I've done in quite a while. And, you know, there's... The trophies kind of run the gambit. You're essentially going to be doing all the main story missions. There's 10 of those. You're going to have to play all the side quests. I think there's like 18 of those. Find a decent amount of collectibles, but you certainly don't need to find all of the collectibles in the game. I think actually maybe about... I don't know if it's 
half. I don't know if that's even decent. Yeah. Yeah, it's like maybe like less than half of the total collectibles. Um, and upgrade a certain amount of your ability points. Um, get kills using specific paranormal abilities. So you can do like telekinesis and throw throw things at people. You can like shield yourself. You can control enemies' minds and make them fight for you. So it's kind of interesting. What did you think of the trophy list overall, Eli? Full package. Yeah. Full package, 100%. It's a great game. I loved it. The trophy list was fair all around. Yeah, they make you do the optional bosses, which were, I think, one of the harder trophies, but also fun, enjoyable, and rewarding mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's a... It was a perfect list to accompany such a well put together game. Yeah, and uh, sound you know like when you were talking about Dark Siders um, and having to do grinding to get weapon experience, Daryl. This is kind of takes the opposite approach, which I like, and that's that you do have to get kills with each of your abilities, so you have to upgrade each of them a little bit, but you certainly don't have to do you know max out a skill tree, for example. So like. There's a an, a an ability where you get a shield, right? And if you upgrade it a little bit, it can like burst and do damage to enemies when it breaks. And you do have to get 10 kills with that, I think. But you you unlock that at almost the top of the tree, so you could go f way further into that, and you actually don't even need to at all if you if you don't like it. So I thought that was pretty cool. You could you could definitely like tailor your character to your specific play style. I think. You know, so it's listed at a four out of ten difficulty, one playthrough for fifteen hours. Um, it definitely took me closer to probably twenty-five hours to do. Just a little bit, a uh, bit of an undersell, but I ended up having to find almost every secret area. I know Eli, it sounds like you didn't necessarily have to do that, but I, I think I only missed two hidden areas in order to get all the skill points and level that up. So a little bit of a grind at the end of the game, but. Um, yeah, it's it's hard for me to say things I don't really like about the game other than the performance. I think maybe it was a bit much to have like weapon mods that you could equip. There were just like there's too many of them and there was no trophy for it, so it just was like I don't know, I wasn't even really incentivized to do it um beyond like a couple times. So other than that though, I think yeah, it was a really great experience. I definitely would recommend it. Um you're not going to play another game like this for a while and I don't think most people have played something quite like this before so it's worth picking up I was looking at the trophy list and uh, will either of you two be going for those DLC trophies <laughs> um, I thought about it but it nope. seems that the DLC is a bit more combat heavy and the combat's great to be clear that's like my favorite part of the game when it runs well but um, yeah I just have too many other things I want to go for and the the version that I bought didn't come with it so I don't really want to buy the DLC. Um, I don't know how much it is, but I'm just going to leave it for now. Have that steamy 84% with the platinum logo next to it. <laughs> yeah, take the blue dot and move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as far as the, the trophies going to, you were talking about how the secret areas and where I ended up and stuff. I yeah. Think. Yeah, and the ability tree and everything you covered, the... Um, you need like I think 134 ability points, and so you only had to get to fully upgrade the tree. You only mm -hmm. needed 100. Like I think my what is that bash? Your melee attack was mm -hmm. like I only upgraded that once or twice. That was useless. Yeah, and it costs a lot of points that. too. It costs like three points per yeah. upgrade. 
So yeah, it was a little expensive. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think I did have, I think I did have exactly those. I found all the secret areas and I had two points left over when I got the trophy, mm -hmm. um, that I spent right after anyways. Um, I couldn't get into one of the secret areas. Like I followed a guide, right? And there was one that I could not fucking figure out how to do. And it was in central executive. It, there was like a, a pillar in the middle of the room. And it looked like you had to yeah. jump off the, the head of one of the floating bodies in the room and then That's jump up there. But I could not for the life of me get my character to land on that on the head and stay there. Like you would land on the person and just slip off before I could jump. Yeah, it was, it was tough. So that was that one was... of the two that I didn't get. I think I can't remember what the other one was. But did you jump on the um did you jump on the speakers on the wall? No. I didn't. So you can I just jumping on the speakers and then I would go on their head. You'd have more time to levitate since you started higher up a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. What I did. Yeah, I that's know. what I should have done. That that area that was super lame. Like really? Yeah. That's like really the only one that I thought was like kind of ridiculous. The other ones I was like, oh, this is cool. I never, I did not notice this area and it wasn't a nice little like kind of hiding spot. So, yeah, in all honesty, too, like I found most of them, I'm not, I found a lot of them through natural play. That's like cool. You might even end up finding them all on your own if you explore enough because there is some of that backtracking mm -hmm. uh, for the bureau, bureau alerts and the countermeasures, mm -hmm. which. I would I could totally rant about backtracking and that silly mechanic for a while, but I thought in this game it was at least pretty fair and it was designed a little different because like I felt in God of War and maybe Darksiders I haven't played yet. You know, just you're in like this you're just running through like this land. Like I don't know what they're trying to show off their graphics or like what I have to run back there because I have this silly. Like oh I have a I have a yellow arrow now so I can I can move on right but like this one you're in like a building that changes form and it feels like a more intimate experience mm -hmm. and you're kind of learning a lot about this freaky paranormal stuff that's been going on there yeah and you can levitate so it's more enticing to like get through stuff yeah and you get new abilities that you can try I think it's a lot easier to backtrack in this game. It's not even backtracking. You're just going up and down. Yeah. It's, it's kind of backtracking at the same time. But it's it was a lot more enjoyable than than just running through a fucking grassy knoll that I've done a hundred times already. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I get to I, one door. I think the fast travel now, it didn't load very fucking quickly, but there was, if I was playing on a PS4 Pro, I'm sure it would have been good because there was a decent amount of checkpoints that you could fast travel to. So when you would get a new side quest or something, like you never had to venture too far away from where you had already been before. So you could fast travel somewhere and be like, okay, I'm just going to turn and go right this time instead of left. And I'll get there pretty soon. You know, it was, um, yeah, it was relatively straightforward. And it, actually I think the game was a little bit creepy, which is not something I've heard people. Maybe I'm just kind of a wuss because we were talking before the show about how, I really want to do Resident Evil 7, and the game is just literally too scary for me, I think. <laughs> um, where I, like, can't see myself playing it that much. And this game, with headphones on, I would definitely get freaked out sometimes. Like, you'd be running through, like, a dark sort of office building, and then the red light comes down, and the hiss spawn in, and it's, like, weird noises and, like, voices talking to you and stuff. So, I don't know. I got creeped out a few times, for sure. Yeah, that's what I would, you know, kind of put it together in my head with, like, they... They tied this badassness 
with a creepy unknowingness. It's really the unknown part, I think, is the creepy part. Mm-hmm. But they tie that well. They tie that together very well. Yeah. Um, where it was very creepy, but you knew, like, after the little bit of jump scare, it was you had the abilities to take it on. Yeah. And talking a bit, too, about the collectibles, you know, I, I there's three trophies for collectibles, one for finding 40 which you'll do within probably the first hour you play the game. <laughs> another within with finding 80, and then another for finding 120. And there's probably close to 250 collectibles in the game. And I think it speaks to the game's story and just how well they kind of made things obscure that even after I got the trophy for 120, I kept collecting and kept reading every single thing I found because I wanted to figure out what was happening. I know you didn't necessarily do that, but I think you still picked them up at least. And there's some cool stuff. There's like little videos you can find and um, episodes of like a fake radio show episodes of a fake children's puppet TV TV show that is like so goddamn unsettling. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the creepiest thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, um, that's probably all I have to say about control. I would certainly recommend it to anybody looking for a fun game. I'd say it's probably about 20 to 25 hours if you want hundred percent it. And if you're reading everything and like exploring and taking the time but it was really good experience. I got one more huge thing to say. Oh yeah, go ahead. Freaking ashtray maze oh, mission yeah. was the dopest mission I've ever played in a video game. <laughs> oh my God. It's so cool. Yeah. Tell, tell, talk to people about it a bit. Cause I mean, it was like you, you end up having to try to get through this maze that really frustrated me at the beginning of the game. I got there maybe a little too early and was like, I, I don't get it, mm-hmm. but I ended up leaving and you get back and you get these heads, these headphones and it just starts blaring like metals, like heavy rock music. Yep. And it's just this beautiful level design. And it was just like the, the music, the, they, I even turned down like, uh, they turned down like your gun sounds, like all the in-game sounds. And like, so it really feels like you're wearing headphones. The music's jamming. Beautiful. It was just like it was something to behold, man. Yeah, it was amazing. You're, you're basically fighting waves of enemies in like a constantly changing hotel, and I don't know. It's really hard to describe. Like, if you're not gonna play the game, I'd recommend that you at least YouTube that section so you can see what we're talking about because it's really cool. And it, yeah, it comes towards the end of the game. It, it's it's weird because there's a few set pieces in the game that I that I do remember like really well and stick out, but by and large, the whole game and all the maps are like equally strange and kind of weird i think there's another section of the game where you you basically go to a a rock quarry that's inside the building and this the like sky above you is all like milky way galaxy and like crazy stars i thought that was another like really cool moment but yeah ashtray maze 100 percent. check it out (laughs) yeah yeah like since the building kind of transforms like sometimes you're on the wall and that's now your floor Mm-hmm. And like it's just shifting, and the music's got. You felt like you're on a trip or something. Like it was so cool. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I and loved it. I had had a couple I'll drinks when I played that section too, so I was just like, "Whoa, <laughs> like this is yeah, fucking dude. crazy." Um, it was sick. The one thing I did not enjoy so much about that mission was I think that's where they kind of like sucked you in to making sure you got through the main missions. Mm-hmm. And I had found all the secret areas, so I was all set up to set, spend my ability points. And I couldn't get to any more places to spend my ability points. Oh, interesting. So like, I did the extra work to get to have that last story trophy be my platinum pop, and the game didn't allow me to do it. Oh. But other than that. Yeah, that is a bummer. 
It, yeah, yeah, it does it, one of those things where it kind of it's a point of no return where it's like, yeah, you're gonna mm-hmm. go ahead, but this is you're gonna end the game. And they don't tell you. Yeah, they don't really tell you. Um, so if you're interested, once you go into that maze, I'm pretty sure that's that's the last point. There's one more checkpoint before uh, the Polaris mission, mm-hmm. which shouldn't spoil too much. No, but, no. Uh, there was one checkpoint there. I can't remember exactly where that was. But Oh, speaking of checkpoints and the map, that was one other gripe I had. The oh, yeah. Map, I forgot the map does map suck. was poo-poo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad, actually. And poo-poo. I'm glad you reminded me. Because speaking about performance, too, like, you can't... So the game allows you to open the map up and have it open while you're running around. But don't do it, because the game will go at, like, five frames a second. And you can't... It's, like, it's impossible to navigate. And... You can't move the cursor on the map. It just, like, pulls it up, right? You can't, like, zoom in on areas or change which level because, like, do I want to look at the third story map or the first story map? It's, like, it's pretty bad. Luckily, like, the game is small enough that you'll learn how to navigate these spaces over time, and it it didn't really get in my way very often, but it, it was a gripe for sure. It was a pretty bad map. Yeah, there was a couple things I got. I've I walked around in circles for a while to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I had to look up that one where you go pair pair or something, and then you go down that one that one hallway. You had ended up having to go. Maybe you had to go through the medical. No, I don't know. There's a couple of misleading spots, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, it's it's kind of intentional too. The map is is weird on purpose. I bet. I'm sure if you ask the developers that they would say that it's supposed to kind of add to the like mystique and like, you know what some bullshit, but the reality is that the map's not yeah. good. So if they do a sequel to the game, I really, and then they might, I really hope that they fix that. Um, and actually, yeah, I wonder where go ahead. I wonder where they'd go with that because it ties in with, uh, they say this ties in with the Alan Wake. Oh dude, that's so like funny. Sequel to that. I was literally and just going like, to bring that up. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I wonder where like, they're gonna tie the next one into men in black or like i don't know well did you there's a couple files in the game so daryl have you played alan wake before uh, i've never played that game okay so yeah i i had rented it at one point uh, god i'm sounding so old dude renting fucking video games anyway so yeah there, there's a couple files in the game that talk about there was sort of an altered world event eli and it was surrounding like a page of a manuscript and in this small town in Oregon. So that's talking about Alan Wake. And um, actually, one of the secret areas you find, it's like this guy is like talking to you with like that blue silhouetted background, but it's not Director Trench. Um, that's actually Alan Wake when he's writing on the manuscript. So there's a couple of cool tie-ins to that game. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know what they're going to do next. The rumor is they might do a new Alan Wake game, but we will see. It's pretty cool with collectibles in that sense. I, I think like collectibles are getting a lot of bad rap because you know a lot of people don't want to go for like a hundred tro- uh, collectibles for a bronze trophy. Mm-hmm. But I guess the incentive behind that is like some of these will kind of expand the story a bit for gamers. Yeah. So some of the things that you've mentioned is pretty cool in the in the sense that you know, the, these games are. It almost sounds like they're set in the same universe. Yeah, I think they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're they can kind of like play as Easter eggs a bit, mm-hmm. give gamers more, uh, you know, expand that story or that universe. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
it's different than like God of War, the Odin's Ravens. Those things can go suck it, dude, because they don't do anything except just like crow at you, and then you throw an axe, and it's like, cool, I got one of fifty, yay. But like, if every collectible was like, here's a story manuscript, or like, here's an audio log, or something, it's like, those are the kind of collectibles I like. They're value added, you know. They they do something for me that rewards me beyond just like ticking a number off of a box, you know. Um. They were signifying Odin always watching you, Colin. Okay. There was a story reason. I understand. Yeah, I get it. But, like, you know, I don't Yeah, I don't know. It would be bitter that you didn't get it yet. That okay. that trophy is one the one that's holding me from the plat, dude. So I'm, I have to be bitter about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's still Gosh. Um, so we've been talking a while about Control. I do want to real quickly t- touch on another game that you got the platinum for, Eli, and that I am – what am I at? I think I'm at, like, 60% now or something. But – it's called The Perils of Baking. Uh, it's by Lily Mo Games, and it's a 2D platformer. It's so Lily Mo is we talked about Twin Breaker last week, um, the Sacred Symbols game. It's the same guy who made this Perils of Baking. He made Hybroxia, and he also made uh, Twin Breaker with Colin Moriarty. So I figured I'd gotten the plat and played the other two games. I saw you were playing it, so I thought I'd pick it up. And uh, I have to say, I think it's it's pretty fun. I mean, it's very simple. Um, mechanically, there's not a whole lot that's going on, but it, it tries to be a sort of cute clone of like Super Mario World, um, and has a couple unique level design things. So, yeah, what do you what did you think of your time with Perils of Baking? Lily Mo does it again, <laughs> or I guess first rather. Yeah, the first game. Yeah, I liked it. It took a little getting used to. I was a little frustrated at first, but uh, platformers are kind of my jam. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I got into it, and I think the level design was pretty fun. Um, and it was pretty well put together. Like, I've played some other these random platformers that are just, like, I don't even know how they got away with it. Like, you can't even see where you were jumping to. <laughs> this one was designed very well, um, and I like the whole life system. You know, you only needed 50 food instead of, like, 99 coins or whatever to get another life. Mm-hmm. You got a hat drop that you could pick up. Like, I thought there was a lot of interesting um, design and, you know, mechanic mm-hmm. mechanics in the game that kept it fresh. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Like, there's, like we said, it's like a Mario clone. So instead of coins, there's, like, little treats, like cookies and donuts and stuff that you find around the map that level, that give you more health, basically. And um, there's an overworld, and a lot of the maps will have, like, a secret bonus stage that you can find or um even a couple of them have like warp points that you know kind of mirror super mario world as well where you kind of warp to a secret level um there's boss fights although i think it's the same boss fight every single time just a different environment but 40 levels uh four boss fights four worlds so 10 levels per world um and you definitely pop a lot of trophies pretty quickly with the game it is uh supposed to be three hours to platinum one playthrough, two out of ten difficulty. I bet you it's going to take me closer to five hours to get everything. But uh, yeah, I really, um, I don't know. These kind of games are great. I think they they're a good balance between, you know, a sort of free, just like play the game, you'll get the platinum, and something that's really not too difficult if you just put in a couple hours of of time. And uh, I think it's on sale right now for two fifty, down from five dollars. So I mean, it's a really really good deal. Um, nice couple fun afternoon sessions playing it so i'd recommend it if you guys are looking for a quick platformer yeah i think they i think he really knows he knows what he's making and selling he knows his lane i believe like 
Yeah. Some of these cheaper games are like, they try to be a better, you know, double, triple A game uh, at a cheaper price and are trying to like do the same thing. And it's not like this is like a scaled down version of Mario mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. It's like, it's like a cheaper experience, mm-hmm. but it's built well like those games are you know what i'm you know what i'm saying it's like it's yeah like a, a little cheaper in in value but it's the not, whole yeah. thing runs smoothly like those games do right exactly they're not trying to be something they're not mm-hmm. yeah they're they never are broken in my experience like they all work like they all play as intended they're not glitchy they have decent trophy lists they take a couple hours and the three that he's done so far are kind of like representing different old school genres of games so you have a 2d platformer like a side scrolling shoot 'em up and you have a brick breaker so i think that's awesome um and i know in having listened to some podcasts that the next game they're making is a hybroxia 2 and then they're going to make a twin breaker 2 as well but i honestly would would think it'd be pretty sweet for them to come back after what they learned over their last few games and make a sequel to perils of baking i think it's pretty fun yeah so. for sure yeah, I will say team, that last boss is not the same. It is not. It okay. Was, okay. It was really hard for me. Okay. <laughs> it was, I was so mad. It took me almost a half an hour to get him. <laughs> well, I'm in the nice. I'm towards the end of the third world right now, but I've been trying to get all the secret bonus levels and all the warps along the way. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping oh, to finish it tonight. That's my plan. Nice. I gotta flex a little bit on that. I did the same thing and saved up the dying in the overworld for my last trophy for the platinum oh i was dude that's funny because i was looking at your trophy pops and i was like huh he beat the fourth or the 40th mission but he didn't get the plat for another like five minutes like i wonder what happened (laughs) and then i saw it was that one or that trophy and i was like that's pretty funny so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's cool i'd recommend it daryl do you like platforming games like do you play retro style games ever not really. I'm not a big fan of those games. Okay. Like Eli brought up Mario. I brought up a traumatic experience with those games because <laughs> I never beat them. So I guess that's kind of the reason why I don't say a whole lot about those games because I don't play them enough. Yeah. But you know, from hearing what you guys have said about those kind of games, I, I would definitely uh, take the chance on playing them. Kind of get the experience. Yeah, they're they're cheap and like like I talked about, I think it's a good palate cleanser. So like if you finish like fifty hours of Darksiders two, you know, and then it's like, all right, I'm just I'm gonna start Darksiders three now, another fucking fifty hour experience. Like throwing one of these in the middle of there is kind of fun. You know, it's just like breaks it up a bit and uh Yeah. So I'd recommend it if you if you ever feel inclined. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like a good balance, you know, like like I'll typically just like you said, like play a twenty, thirty hour game, going to the next one. I'm like, oh gosh. Yep. It's gonna be a long one, but you know, <laughs> kinda of having that balance of a a three hour game or, you know, one thirty minutes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Having that kind of mix up is will probably be like a better route for me, I guess. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um even something like Hellblade, which is like eight hours, is good to like throw in there every once in a while, you know. Um, maybe Iron Snout. Iron Snout. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious. How much was that, by the way, Eli? Uh, five dollars. It was on that when I meant mentioned the sale earlier. It was on sale. And okay. I was trying to line up near with 
my 40th platinum so oh man well that's great dude you're you just like set me up for the segue that I, wow that's incredible so <laughs> i was gonna talk about that a bit um yeah i ruined it now but man that was pretty great um yeah i wanted to talk about that because daryl you and i are at 28 platinums each um which is pretty cool i didn't even notice that until today but uh perils of baking is going to be my 29th and then for my 30th and, you know, kind of talking about what we're going to be playing next. Um, I bought Mafia 2, the definitive edition. So EA sort of stealth released Mafia 2 and 3 definitive edition earlier this week. Um, 3 just came out relatively recently. I know, Daryl, you got the plat in that game. But the second one is an older Xbox 360 game. And the first one was even older than that. And they're remastering and re-releasing that as well. But it doesn't come out till August. So... It's a sort of 30 to 40 hour open world action, like third person game. It's a, it plays a lot like Grand Theft Auto from what I understand. Um, and the trophy looks, looks pretty decent. I'm not going to go into it really right now because I have it pulled up, but I haven't really started it yet. And there is no guide for it since it came out really recently and it came out of nowhere. So, um, but I'm thinking that will be my 30th platinum, which I'm pretty excited about. And yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm going to be getting into next. What what are you guys going to be going for? Oh, um, so right now I'm probably just going to focus on the Dark Siders series. Mm-hmm. Um, focus on that, and then I've kind of been thinking about like what game I'm going to play next because I'm kind of having like a debacle with what game I should play. Mm-hmm. You know, our podcast and uh, talking to like different uh, people. Like had like a bunch of games set up. I uh, I definitely want to like focus on Resident Evil One. Ooh, and you're um, you're speaking my language now, dude. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's up there. Uh, tackling those from software games, Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, I want to play Wolfenstein: The New Colossus only for that trophy. Oh man, um, you're in a- Lieben. Oh, dude, you're insane. If you end up trying to do that, we're going to be doing like five episodes of this podcast and we're going to be checking in each time. <laughs> hey, how's that trophy going? Same, same it's been like 10 weeks you've been trying to go for this bronze trophy. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely touch base on it. I'll definitely let you know when I buy it. Yeah. So we can do like a progress track. Mm-hmm. So that's up I there. I <laughs> oh, do you have the digital? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I owned it physically for a while, but I traded it in, and GameStop graciously gave me like a dollar twenty or something for it, so that was worth it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, That's generous of them. Oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure I yeah I bought it used for like nine bucks, and because uh, I played the first game on 360, I really liked it. And then this is before I was even really concerned with trophies; I just wanted to play the game, and something about it just wasn't quite as good. And for whatever reason, I just was like, eh, I'm over it. So. Um, I would recommend you do Resident Evil One just because that list is really hard, and I want to hear how you uh, how you tackle it. Oh yeah, I'll definitely let you know how it is. So yeah. those games are definitely up there for me. So once I'm done with Dark Siders, we'll I'll pick and choose. There you go, good stuff. What about you, Eli? Uh, I was gonna work towards near, but I guess I beat it already at zero percent for the trophies. <laughs> but I beat it. It's over. It's done. <laughs> I got ending W. Which, uh, I guess it won't spoil much because it's the beginning of the game. But so this game has 26 endings <laughs> for uh, Near Automata. I don't know if I said that yet. But, uh, 
yeah, there's ending W you can get, uh, the 26 correlate to the alphabet. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you can get the, you can get the, the first ending by not even beating the opening mission, which was like really like pretty long. It was like a full mission and you can't save yet. So like I died and, uh, I got to do it all. And then it like. So it was pretty cool. It started out, right? You're in a spaceship. You're doing, like, a cool shooter mission, and it's going from, like, your airplane to, like, a mech who's doing, like, a 360, like, all-around, sh- I don't know. So, is that bullet hell? I don't know the difference. It's some, like, but, Transformer like, shit uh, right there. Yeah, dude. It's super yeah. cool and badass at first. And then, like, I got to the, like, I don't know if it was the final boss. It felt like it was of the mission. And then I died, and then it was, like, you got ending W. And, uh, you failed and the machines took over human and humanity perishes something like that and, yeah. like that was the ending and i was like oh okay and then like i'm back in the spaceship coming down landing on the water and like getting re- i was like are you really yep so you can't save i'm assuming till well you can't save until after that guy i don't know if it's right after or if there's more after that but uh, yeah so yeah. that's where i got and i'm uh kind of got a little discouraged by that but um, I'm also getting really thrown off by the combat again. It's weird. Um, I played it a little. It's really Hel- weird. Yeah, Hellblade was like at least kind of normal, and this is like way out in left field. Mm-hmm. So like to come from Bloodborne to this, where like most games usually use square and triangle for heavy and light, or they use the L or the R1, R2 deal. This one is like you have a sidekick robot and like R1 is to shoot for your sidekick and L2 is lock on. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is that? But then, so if you're doing that dodge is R2. So if you're holding those two and you're shooting with your guy and someone attacks you and you have to dodge, you have to use three of the four triggers and hit (laughs) R2 to dodge. Like controller is going to go flying out of my hands. (laughs) What the heck is this? Yeah, that's pretty strange. I will give them square and triangle are light and heavy attack. So that's like, God, at least that's normal. <laughs> but like the rest of it is going to be a struggle to get used to. But so far, I like the aesthetics and I really like the changing up of the camera. Like, I think it's going to be a great experience when I, once I get into it. So yeah. I'm looking I, forward to it. I've heard really good things. So I'm sure you'll like it again. I just didn't really speak to me. I, I did buy it at one point or not buy it. I did play it at one point, um, but never was like, oh, I'm going to go buy the game. But yeah, it, it should be good. I, I've heard good things. So. Is this technically a JRPG? It is. Technically, it's a JRPG. Whoa. Mm-hmm. This would be my first one, then, mm-hmm. technically speaking. Yeah, I mean, not, I, don't not even, based, I don't but... even really know what that means anymore. Like, it, it used to be a, a way bigger difference between Japanese role-playing games and Western role-playing games, but now they kind of borrow and steal from each other, and they're kind of all the same. But technically, yeah. yes, that is a Japanese role-playing game. So you'll be having a good time. <laughs> Yeah, they also don't explain much either. It felt like Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. No, that like, don't... they don't tell you, like, they do give you a little tutorial, but, and you can check your settings and for the controls, but, like, there's all this complicated menu, and, like, really the only thing they tell you is, like, oh, you can't save. Here you go. <sighs> yeah, there's a cutscene after the first boss that you'll find that, like, explains a little bit more, obviously, and, uh, Pretty much right after that is where I stopped. Like, I, I finished that first mission or whatever, did a side mission out of a hub area and then that was all i had done so i'll be okay. curious to hear what you think about it yeah yeah me too awesome well i think that's all that i had to go over anything else you guys want to touch on before we 
kind of wrap up here? Nope, not besides Strange Brigade. Oh, gosh, you're right. Thank you. Strange Division. <laughs> yeah. So last time we talked about how we were going to be playing through Strange Brigade together. Um, and after we recorded that day, we actually did go play through another main story mission together and do some wave-based horde gameplay, which was pretty fun, actually. Um, and we knocked out one of the harder horde-based trophies right away. So good stuff there. Um, we didn't end up playing last weekend, so not a whole lot of other progress. But that is still the game that we're going to be playing together when we game. So if people want to check that out, um, I'm still having a great time with it. Are you guys enjoying what we've played so far? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good game. I like it. Yeah, especially for, what was it, $9? $20? I actually don't remember. But it it was... Nine, I think. Ten. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good deal. Um, so we'll have some progress on that to update you guys on next time. Uh, but yeah, not a whole lot really as of right now. So yeah, I was looking into some of those, and I th it looks like there's like two endings because both of them involve Seteki and Amit. Yep. And like the one is twenty two point two percent, and the other six point three. Well, so it's, it's like it seems like a good bad decision type deal. Right. And like most people probably. Like I'm assuming the 22.2 is the good ending. I would love to, to think that most people pick the good ending, <laughs> make the right choice. Uh, well, we got but, a we got yeah. a random trophy too last time we played the like boss for the end of that level. We did something I guess that was optional. So I, I wonder if it's maybe not even another ending as much as like in the middle of the fight you need to do something specific. Something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who Could knows. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we killed that, like, bull thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess we didn't need to, yeah. but I don't know how you wouldn't. That guy was, like, chasing yeah. you everywhere, so... Um, <laughs> if you didn't kill him, you were probably dead. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how people got away with not getting that. Super weird. Super weird. So, um, okay, cool. Well, thanks to everybody for listening, if you've gotten this far into the episode. Um, and, you know, thanks again for checking out Trophy Talk. And this is our bi-weekly podcast, remember, so we'll be back in a few weeks' time to update you on what we've been playing and sort of how the trophy hunts have been going. Um, until next time, take care, everybody. Have a good one.